Business is simple. It's just not easy. We focus on three things to help you run and grow your business more easily. Talent, sales, and how to scale. Can it be that simple? Talent. Develop a robust recruiting, vetting, and training process to help capable people and then help them to become who and what they want to be. Sales. Have a logical go-to-market strategy. Build the sales and marketing structure and plan around it and then attack and execute the plan with fanatical consistency. Scale. Know where you're going, why you're going. Share with others why they would want to join you. Be clear on who's allowed to join you and what they'll need to do to stay on board. Anticipate roadblocks. Avoid them before you get stuck. And then when you do hit one, and you will, stay calm, problem solve, and find resources to get unstuck. Sounds simple, right? Simple to understand, but not easy to do. Join us as we focus on the tips and tricks and hacks for running a profitable, hyper-growth business. We'll share real-world horror stories and celebrate the victory sagas that will inspire you. This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. Hey, welcome to the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. We are on videotape, and Chris is super happy to be here. I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to Chris. So Chris... Mladenovic, he's going to beat me up if I, if I mess that up. Did I get it? That's perfect. Oh, my God. Oh, awesome. So a lot of you, unfortunately, won't know Chris. Um, the reason we have Chris on, and I'm not being nice here to him, um, this is real world. Every single business book that you've read, uh, the how to engage employees, how to grow quickly, how to give outstanding customer um, service and, and really look out for your customers. Chris does all of that. So here's what he's done. And I'll, I'll allow him to lead in a little bit with this, but here's what he's done. Over the last couple of years, he's had unbelievable, unbelievable growth in terms of revenue, in terms of employee, and then those employees, whenever you see what he's doing with those employees, they're having fun and they're joking around, but they're executing with unbelievable high level of quality for their clients. So how do you do that with the engagement, the training that I know that you do? I mean, and still keep all of your hair, right? He's got a good head of hair, so you should look at him on YouTube. Um, oh, let's see that. Nice. So that's why I wanted to have Chris on. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So nice to see you, albeit virtually. Uh, looking forward to a good, fun conversation. Yeah, it will be fun. So, all right. So those who don't know you, how did you, why should we listen to you? I mean, why should we say, oh my gosh, we should do what Chris is doing. Give me a little bit about your experience and how you've created this, you know, really fast growing empire with awards and everything else that you've done. Well, I still don't have the answer why anyone should really listen to me, but um, I do have what I like to call the voice of an angel. Um, but beyond that, uh, I think our discussion today, will talk about some of the uh, success that we've had as a firm. And, and that just, you know, that's not me. That's a, I have a great team behind me, but um, I think the biggest takeaways are the failures and the lessons. Um, I think that uh, I have a, a lesson every day. I think every entrepreneur 
needs to embrace those lessons. And um, I think that sharing that experience is uh, the best thing that an entrepreneur can do and take advantage of. Okay, so, and right there, I mean, just right there, nothing new under the sun. It's team, it's learning from failures, and then it's, it's sharing. So, um, you know, the other part, and we talked about this the last podcast, is what we call intellectual humility, right? You are top-notch award winner, and you're, and you're not standing there grandstanding and saying, hey, look how wonderful we are, but hey, listen, I don't know every, everything. You know, I'm still learning at this, so I love it. So, I mean, you've gone through a lot, and I won't go into your personal that you and I know, unless if you'd like to, but you've gone through a lot, so it would be a lot easier to do other things other than grow this business in this crazy space that you're in with the ups and downs. I mean, what motivates you, gets you out of bed? How do you sustain that heavy lifting, high level of energy that you have? Yeah, thanks. Well, um, I'll tell you, uh, with, with everything I've gone through, and I think every, everybody has a journey, um, you know, I, I think I have a bit of a heightened sense of time and appreciation for, um, for time and, and how precious it truly is. Um, I think what really gets me out of bed is um, just trying to live within a world without walls. Uh, you know, there's always something to do. You know, you spend a third of your life in bed. Uh, if you're lucky, if you can sleep, you know, there's only, you know, 16 or 20 good hours in a day to, to do things. And that's not a whole lot of time. Um, and there's just so much to do. So, you know, that's what gets me out of bed. I, I wake up every day, I literally jump out of bed um, and, and run to whatever my project is that day. And it's not always Crossfire, um, it's other things. I have other ambitions other than, and, than the firm. I mean, the firm's my number one, but I have other ambitions. And um, I think what gets me out of bed every day, if I had to sum it up in one word is purpose. Okay, so give me a little bit more on that purpose. Are you, are you the only purpose one on your team? Do you hire for purpose? I mean, talk to me a little bit more about that. I think that um, my particular purpose is, my superpower is to build this platform, this firm, and build the capability for the firm to provide purpose for others, be it professional, personal, um, uh, those are the two main ones, but also for fun. You know, I think, I truly believe that work should be enjoyable and uh, purposeful. And it's not all about just coming to work as a means to an end or to, or to make a paycheck. You know, the, the money that people make is a byproduct. We provide opportunity in our firm and everybody has access to it. Um, that there's a higher purpose of, of where you're trying to go and where you could go. And listen, not everybody is going to come in and, and see that purpose completely. They're not, and not everybody's going to achieve that self-actualization. But the opportunity is there for the people that want to go after it. And uh, that's what makes our firm so great because the people that are really going after it and and taking advantage of the opportunity are the ones that are truly having the fun. They're the ones that, that, that get out of bed and want to come to work. 
I absolutely, I, I, um, I worked on an article not too long ago about uh, feeling sick on Sunday. And I remember that feeling for a couple past employers. And I never want that feeling for my people uh, on Sunday night to not want to come into work on Monday morning. Yeah, and, and now things clearly have changed. I mean, we're, we're recording this in, uh, what is it, June of 2020, so we're finally coming up on, on opening. So in the old days, whenever you had sub 4% unemployment, um, you know, stealing the language from, uh, um, uh, I can't, I think it's Kim Scott, I might mess up that name in radical candor, you're not gonna pay the asshole tax at sub 4%, right? If you're waking up Sundays, regretting or feeling sick Sunday, regretting going into work Monday, then you're just going to quit. But now that we have 40, 40 million plus people unemployed, um, would you change that stance? Would you, would you differentiate that or still encourage people that are listening to this to say, no, run with purpose. That's the, that's the idea. No, I think the people listening are, are more entrepreneurs. And, you know, uh, all I would say is the change that's happening. There's a fundamental shift in, in the market. You know, in, in real estate, you have buyer and seller markets in, in the world we were in the world we came out of two, three months ago, it was an employee's market and it's become an employer's market. And what I mean by that is, yeah, there's 40 million people out there that are, are, are looking for work. They're, they're great. They're highly skilled. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that employers are also in a bind. Uh, in a in a in a peculiar situation with the the function of the economy, they need to be picky. They need to bring on the best talent. Now's the opportunity to kind of say, "Hey, if I could start all over again, what would what would I do?" You know, we all have a little bit of extra time now. You know, maybe we work on that website we haven't got to. Maybe we work on that marketing we haven't got to. Uh, maybe we shift around some of the employee base uh, to get the right to get the right mix um, if we have any you know any issues in the organization I think it's a real opportunity for uh, employers to um, create more opportunity and and set even a higher purpose for all of their people uh, and kind of recalibrate uh, expectations on on all sides so let's let's stay on this idea of purpose. So whenever you started this, you and you and Lauren started this, Prospire. Um, did you initially go forward with with the idea of purpose? Did that evolve out of this? Uh, how did you know? Talk to me a little bit more about that. I think our vision and purpose has been a constant evolution. You know, more of a you know um, more of a curve, right? In the early days. Our vision and purpose was more steeply changing. I think now it's it's kind of um, leveled out on what it is and where it's going to go. But the so if I can interrupt you there. So really, what you're saying is, if I'm an entrepreneur or if I'm an whoever and I don't have that clear sense of purpose, don't freak out. It you're going to find it. Is that no? It's going to change. It's going to change along the journey. I'm a I think you could say the same thing, Brian. I'm a completely different person than I was five years ago, and I know I'll be a different person in five years from now, but that was always the plan. Um, you know, you're, if you're an entrepreneur, your plan is to change. Yeah. People will, um, people will judge you for it, and people will, um, 
have comments about it, but that's them not getting out of the way of their own change. Well, uh, it's, it's funny. The biggest, if you wanted to insult me, say, oh, Brian, you haven't changed a bit, right? I would just kill me, right? Because it's, it's a constant evolution, a constant growth. And I, I truly see that. So sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. That was the, yeah, no, no problem. That was the core of the message is change is, change is good. Um, it's evolution and um, it's okay to, it's okay to change. It's okay, okay. to views and um, yeah, it takes courage and leadership. So, all right. Let's let's be a little bit provocative here. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for those who missed it, Chris just jumped. Um, listen, you keep changing every single day. You said it's this, now it's that. You know, every single day it's changing. You said it's this, that was your purpose. Now you're changing this. You don't know what you want. What do you say to people that your your employees that might say that, your customers that might say that? I say that. Um, you, Listen to your gut. It's, it's, you know, if you're finding that you're not having purpose for too long, go do something else because you're important. The world needs you. And if you don't feel that you're creating value or you have a purpose, you're in the wrong space. Now, you're going to have bad days here and there, and that's okay. I have bad days too. But if you get up every day and for two, three weeks, you can't find your purpose, get the hell out of there. You're doing something wrong. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but if you're not in, in your flow, if you're not seeking out that purpose, if you're right, I forget the three. So it's something along these lines. I got to I got to find it. But it's really do you have passion for what you're doing, what you're doing? Do you feel as though you're gaining in competency, right? So there's that passion, that competency. And then it's that last thing is that sense of, of worth, that what I'm doing makes me feel, feel fulfilled, right? And if I don't have those three things, passion for what I'm doing, sense that I'm increasing in my competencies, and then that I, I, I don't feel as though I'm fulfilled, uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, so horrible accent here, forgive me, uh, then I am not going to be at my best. And, and that's really what I'm hearing you say is if I am not seeking purpose, then I'm not going to be as motivated. I'm not going to be as engaged. So whether I'm the owner or the person that's brand new day one at a very entry level position, I'm not going to engage or, or enjoy what I'm doing. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't feel like you have a purpose, if you don't feel like you're adding value, um, uh, I disagree a little bit with the passion part, but I'll, I'll elaborate that on a minute. On a minute, um, you know, if you go in every day and look at your company's core values, if you don't align with them, that's another reason to get out. If you're if you're not coming to work and feel like you have purpose, if you don't subscribe and align to the values, get out. Go go to a company or a group of people that that you do subscribe to that, because if you don't, you're not doing yourself any favors and you're not doing your um, employer or your company any favors. Um, you know, and, and I, the, the elaborating on the passion thing, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yes, you have to be passionate about something, but, you know, 
just because you're not super passionate about doing something at work doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to do a really good job and put all of your heart into it. Um, the whole follow your passion thing, you know, I used to believe that. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that anymore. I think you need to, I think you need to find what you like is remarkable to you. You can do a good job at, you can be mildly passionate about it and just, and have just as much, if not more success. So let's unpack that a little bit because there's going to be a lot of people pushing back and I've heard both arguments, right? Some people are passion, 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 and other people say it's not anything about passion. So I'm hearing a little bit of a mix here. So is it semantics, passion, what you enjoy, or is it, help me understand that a little bit more. It's a school of thought and the people that are pushing back are also right. It's what they think. It's what they feel. They're entitled to that opinion. It's right. not a fact. Show me, show me in science where if you're passionate about something, you're uh, incredibly successful. I know a lot of passionate people that aren't having success. That's a really good point. So, you know, I don't know about this. <laughs> of course it was, that was mine. I like it. So um, it's, it's amazing to me. You know, people might be passionate about success. They might be passionate about hitting a goal, but here's what I don't see them, is that passion is not leading to action. And that action isn't leading to this execution at a high level that's gonna lead them to that goal and that passion realization. So uh, uh, that's what I'm gathering you're saying here. It's not about passion. You can love it, you cannot love it, but freaking work your tail end off, get after it and do something about it. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking as you were saying that, that the reason that the passion doesn't lead to action is unfortunately there's a lot of laziness in there. There's a lot of, a lot of laziness out there and, and it's frustrating, but um, if you want to do something, go do it. What is stopping you? And if you figure out what's stopping you, get beyond that, you know, I'll do it tomorrow or, you know, that's just not in my vocabulary. Um, it's okay to take a break once in a while and recharge and, if doing something, you know, in the middle of the night doesn't make sense, okay, it doesn't make sense, but do it first thing in the morning. Um, the, the, and that was contradictory to what I said, I'll do it tomorrow. Um, but sometimes you, sometimes you run out of energy and need to recharge and that's okay. But if you're an entrepreneur and you have a particular goal, you have to work like somebody else is out there trying to take it from you. Because Which they are, by the way, right? out there trying to take it from you. Yeah, which, which they are, because there's competition unbelievably right now. And if you, if you have your head in the sand, and I see this so many times, where entrepreneurs think there's nothing out there like me, we're so great, everybody wants to work for me, all my people are flocking at me, that's the biggest bunk ever, so I, I love it. So what you're saying is know your limits. Know how hard you can push, know when you need to recharge, know how to keep after it. And my sense is what you're gonna tell me is that my purpose drives my energy. My purpose, even whenever I'm getting the world thrown at me, whenever everything's coming down around me, I've, I've boarded up building with all this craziness with, um, you know, with, with rioting and, you know, it's, there's so much frustration pent up right now over social injustice, over COVID, over economy, over being laid off. There's just a, a, a powder keg of what's going on. It's so easy 
to just tuck and roll, right? I'm going to tuck the covers up, uh, up over my head and roll back over and go to sleep. It's so easy to do that. But my sense is the way you've been able to come, overcome all of this is that going back to what you started with, purpose. Purpose equals energy. And I'll share one quick personal story that I do like to share. Um, back in 2017, we were in the middle of very steep growth and um, I found that I had to have some surgery and it was a very complex surgery. It was on my neck. It was in some uh, very uh, valuable real estate there. And I was supposed to be laid up for six months. So a devastating, very devastating to hear. I was in the middle of doing something I absolutely loved. I, I, but I was told that I had to take a break from work and um, I would be laid up for about six months. I had such a purpose and such a drive to get back to work that I was on my phone the night I came out of surgery. And I tell you, if I did not have this business, if I did not have the purpose, I would not have healed as quickly as I did. And I'm not bragging like, oh, I, I was working while I was sick. I had a purpose. I had a purpose. I had a reason to do something. And that's what drove me to heal even faster. So, you know, the, the moral of that story is um, purpose really drives energy. And, you know, I, I see sometimes older people or sick people kind of just give up and, and die. And it's sad because they don't have some type of purpose driving them. I wish more patients and sick people and even healthy people had more purpose in life to drive their energy, not yeah. to, be, to kind of pull this back up to a more positive note. Um, that's a great thing. Having purpose is probably the best feeling in the world. Yeah. So uh, here lies XYZ, died in 2020, but never lived. Right. So it's absolutely driving for purpose. So love that. So um, let's go back to your comment of core values. Okay. So you tie your purpose to core values, then your core values, you don't have them up on your wall, do you? I have them up on multiple walls. Okay. Three, three of them, three of them to be precise. So minimal number of core values and the re and I know the answer to that, but the reason I bring that up is this. There's so many times that people, companies I see, and I'm not sure if you've seen it, they tout their core values. They tout their mission that's a mile long and nobody can repeat it. And they don't live it with authenticity. So your core values are up on your wall, multiple walls. How are you, how do you suggest to others to live out those core values? So I've commissioned the core values to be put on every wall that we have, every floor that we've taken in our building. Um, it's one of the first things that happens as we put the core values on the wall. And I, your question, how do you get people to, to get behind their core values? You know, I think you have to really make sure you have core values that, that truly mean something. A lot of people, you know, a lot of companies just set core values just to have them because you need them because it's in, it's in some book. Um, 
you know, when we set our core values, you know, we, we were talking about meaning. And one of the first things that happened when, when we brought on our vice president of marketing and communication is she changed the words. And that was completely fine um, because the intent, the meaning hadn't changed. She just changed some words. And a core value isn't just a word, it's a meaning. And as long as you have a meaning and you get behind it, um, that's, what, that's what's important. So how do you get people to get behind it? You incentivize them. If you want anybody to do anything, you incentivize them. So we have um, our core values are weaved into our competencies and we also reward people on an annual basis for the, you know, we have five core values and the five people that, that exemplify those core values the strongest get rewarded and acknowledged every year. We have a plaque and, and, a, and a ceremony every year. So if you want anybody to do anything, incentivize them. So I, I love that. So not only are you incentivizing them to get everybody else to pay attention, but then you're also giving real living examples of who is who is most exemplifying this this core value. So I, I love it. Now, just so you know, Chris and his team is not just rewarding success. So talk about the duck. I wasn't expecting to go here, but let's talk about the duck. The F up duck. The F up duck. Yeah. Um, the F up ducks. Uh, uh, something special at the organization. We rolled that out a couple years ago, and the purpose of it is you, you kind of hold this stuffed duck and and talk about a mistake you made. And it's almost like a, um, anything you say, you can't get in trouble for. It's almost like your your time to come clean. Uh, but <laughs> but the, the important thing about it is sharing the lesson that you learned and um, the, the whole the, the whole premise of it is sharing experience and and learning from it, learning from the mistake and avoiding it in the future. And everybody shares a story, or not everybody, a few people share a story, we all vote, and then that person gets to take the duck home and, and a hundred dollar bill. Nice. So you're even rewarding lessons learned. Oh not yeah. Failure. Those are lessons I'm learned. I'm always hearing of the the errors that I that I didn't hear until that point in time. So um, it's fun to listen and process in my head at the same time. And I'm very forgiving. I I, I laugh everything off, but it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I think the I think the firm uh, very much enjoys it. I think so it's it, very valuable. I think it creates a lot of value. Well, tons of value, right? So lessons learned so people won't repeat those same mistakes because the the experience gained right there is unbelievable, right? So that's one piece. The second piece is anytime that you run into a problem, you have likely at the most simplistic two root causes. One, the system or process counted as one and two, the people, right? So by getting those lessons learned out there, I can find out, is it a people problem? Is it a training problem? Is it a system problem? Is it a process problem? Right? And now we can get down to the root cause and now shoot better um, or now do everything better. So that's a brilliant idea. I love that. We have a quote on our second floor wall. Um, I either, I never lose. I either win or I learn. That's Nelson Mandela, I believe. And, um, and it's true. You know, people, don't, don't, don't go into things thinking you failed. It was a lesson. Yeah. It was a lesson. I failed. I fail a lot. People don't, 
people don't see a lot of that. I, but I fail a lot. I've, this is a prosper is not my first business. I've had multiple failed businesses. Um, I'm proud of them. They were lessons. They helped me accelerate uh, the success of Prosper with Lauren. So, you know, use those, use those failures as lessons. Yeah, I, I love that. So now, as we're going through this, so we talked about team a little bit. They, we're trying to instill our purpose. We're trying to instill our core values. We live them out with authentic, authenticity. And one little um, question I had off of that, you said that your core values should have meaning. So did you intentionally, intentionally try to try, tie your core values into your purpose? Um, I, I think uh, unintentionally, I think it was just a, a byproduct. I mean, tr truthfully, how did we get to the core values? You know, Lauren and I were sitting at the kitchen counter sketching this business out and we, we were crafting our mission we were crafting our vision at the time. And then we, that was the third thing we did was we started working on, okay, well, what are the values that we're gonna promote? And we didn't start with words. We started with meaning, like getting, having a good relationship with your employee and your clients is really important. That was our number one core value. And then the, the core value became relationships. Yeah. Um, putting down your pen and, and helping your fellow employee and at all costs, whatever it takes, making sure that there is success um, for that other person. That's commitment. You know, they're just words. It's the meaning that's important. It sounds like you've, your core values are also character. We keep Absolutely. our commitments. I, yeah. I, well, you know, Turnover is healthy for every business. Um, letting people go of a business is never easy. It's actually one of my least favorite things to do. But 10 out of 10 times, the people that I let go of this organization were, it was a core value violation. Yeah. Yep, so, and that's critical for everyone to hear from a, from a leadership perspective. You hire, fire, promote, reward off of those core values because if there's not an alignment of those core values, it, it just disaster ensues. So I love that. Now, we had someone last year make a $500,000 mistake, and that was incredibly expensive. And um, we talked about the mistake, but that was a $500,000 investment in training. That person has every core value, bleeds blue, bleeds crossfire. And it was, there was an emphasis on retaining that person um, because that, that person's so loyal and dedicated to the organization. And we just spent $500,000 training him. <laughs> um, but the, the, the moral of that story is um, you can make mistakes all day uh, if, if you have positive intent live to the core values, live with purpose, act with purpose for the organization, you know, you're going to, they're going to be good lessons and, 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 and make you do better in the future. So let's, let's talk um, maybe some tactics here then. So 
the core foundation of this was was built on purpose. So how did you grow and, and do uh, the engagement employees and everything else was building on purpose and making sure that we, we drive that purpose throughout with core values. So how did you keep it all together? I mean, you've seen some massive growth, multi hundred percent growth, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, massive growth. How did you keep it all together? Yeah, we've been we've been nearly doubling every year. Uh, 2020, uh, I don't know if we'll double, but we'll still, I think we'll still grow. That's the plan. Um, you know, honestly, a couple things. One is we always make early investments in infrastructure. And what I mean by that is um, kind of getting things before we need them. Uh, and we built a great team. And uh, it's my opinion, you kind of build a team and and, and somewhat get out of their way. Um, I think that if you build your team, tell them what you want, uh, you can't expect perfection. You gotta let them go build, you gotta let them go build and execute on, on the vision. And, you know, I always tell people, I would rather get, you know, 10 things done and nine, eight or, eight or nine of them be what I expected than, three things done perfectly. Yeah. So I think that um, uh, building a good team that believes in the mission, the vision, where things are going, getting them strongly bought into the vision, that's important. And um, basically saying, hey, here it is, go build it, and giving them what they need to do it, uh, that's really important. I think we've done that, I think we've done that well. I think our whole business is is a platform for people to build their own little businesses. Um, and we try and stay out of their way as much as possible and knock down any barriers. Uh, All right, so giving people that, uh, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say, uh, so you're giving people autonomy, but I didn't catch that last part. Culture of enablement. Oh, I love that, culture of an enablement. Okay, uh, of enablement, so I love that. So. Um, there's a, uh, there's a book by, called the Leadership Challenge, right? That um, talks about the five core principles. I can't think of it off, off the top of my head, but one of those is really allowing others to, to uh, challenge the process, that they figure things out. So I love that. So again, Chris is literally living out every book that's been written, he's just accidentally doing, right? That's what he's doing. Um, so one other piece of that, so you had, you had talked about, um, building infrastructure before you needed it. Now, Chris runs a very fiscally sound company. He knows his numbers. If I'm not mistaken, you have a pretty good finance background, correct? Uh, accidentally, yeah. I mean, I, I run, if any organization I'm in, I end up being the treasurer. <laughs> so Chris runs sound financials. So for those of you out there, the, the CPA types, right? The, the accounting types are, whoa, 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 right? That's an expense. We can't do that. That's Chris in a way, but you just said, we invest before we need it in that foundation, in the structure. Talk to me about that. How do you, how do you balance your fiscal conservative nature, your fiscal responsibility, which is there in spades, with investing in something that's not quite needed yet? Well, it's a, it's a managing risk is the core of it. And I know that's a, a cliche, but you have to know your numbers if you're a business owner. You have to know them like the back of your hand. Um, and 
one of the things that I've learned is our business has got so big that I can't know where every penny goes, but I can I can know I can know where the flow of money's going, and I can trust and and delegate um, our spending philosophy uh, to others. I I always say to my people. Um, we can always go make more money. We can't get time back. So I, when people spend money on senseless things, um, I don't necessarily get mad. I, I kind of just ask, well, what did we get back for that? How much time did we get back for that? What was, what was the return? Um, I don't promote stepping over dollars to pick up nickels. Um, I think that that's a mistake that a lot of business owners make. They're they're trying to save pennies on things when, um, you know, if you would have just made the investment, you would have got time back, and then you could have used that time to generate more revenue. Um, you can't just look at money; you have to look at time. If you look at the dashboard behind me, that's our that's our that's the health of our business in terms of time and not money. Um, if you do good deals, if you run a sound business, the money will come and it will come to what you project. You just have to make sure that you're spending time in the right place. And as far as building infrastructure goes, infrastructure is an asset. Um, I think that investing in your business's assets is the best investment you could ever make. Um, it's the, the stuff that depreciates quickly and the stuff that generates no return in terms of time or return on investment are the things that I question the most. So focus on return on investment, not the investment itself. Yeah, the re return on investment is not just money. I look at return on investment in terms of time. Love it. All right, I wanna be cognizant of your time. Chris, this has been awesome, I love it. Um, What's what's one thing? What's one business hack that you can help help our listeners out with? Whether it's it's on the revenue side, the the talent hiring side, the engagement side, the the growth scaling side. What's one quick hack that you might be able to give us? It uh, we just talked about it, Brian. Invest in infrastructure early. Um, you know, build build your capabilities early. Uh, you know, maybe you don't think you need that that office space but get it and it'll force you to grow into it. Um, nice. You know, people always wait to do marketing until they can afford it. Um, no, you need to market, you need to market your business, that's your story. So invest in marketing was one of the best investments we've ever made. Now, um, and one, one thing that Chris said here, everyone too, is that when you get more time, you don't fluff off you use that time strategically to drive revenue, build out the business, do those right things. So don't mishear him. It is not, hey, I have a nice lifestyle now. Yeah, keep the lifestyle, man, but keep after it. Love it. And I'm sorry, you were going to say one more thing. The one last thing, and, and thanks for saying that because it really inspired the, the last thing I'll say is when you do start getting wins, and you will, don't let up. That's the biggest mistake you can make. When you get some wins, try and replace yourself. Get somebody else doing what you're doing so that you can go on and do bigger things. It's the hardest thing in the world to let go, but that's the only way you're going to scale is if you get somebody behind you doing what you're doing so you can go do bigger things. And it's going to be painful. 
It's going to be expensive at first, but the time you get back, you can go do whatever you were doing again on a bigger scale. So that is gold right there. Work to replace yourself because if you're doing everything, you are the choke point and you're standing in your own way. I think that you said that earlier. I love that. So any any recommended any resources that we should look to? Yeah, your gut. Okay. Trust your gut. Love it. I can do that. Now, um, trends. What's coming down the pike, Chris? What's going to bite us? What do we need to pay attention to? I think people need to, you know, stop reading the news and, and looking at trends. The world is so jacked up right now. <laughs> if anyone's out there telling you what's coming, don't, don't listen to them. Stop listening immediately. Nobody knows. This is a... This is a world that's nobody's ever seen. You know, I think what we all need to do is have the right mindset that we're gonna get this back. We're gonna get back to work. It's time to put on our ties and start shaving our faces and putting on our you know dresses and business suits and and coming back into the office and getting back to back to where we were in terms of that purpose of growth in a and a strong economy and generating value and helping each other, helping our clients. It's time to get back. And we need everybody to think that we need everybody to feel that we need everybody to stop with, Oh my God, this is the world's going to be so different and bad. And, and this is going to be such a hard recovery. It's only going to be hard if we think that. Got it. I love it. You had me up until the tie, but I'm with you, man. <laughs> All right, Chris, that was awesome. Thanks so very much. So uh, who should reach out to you? How should they do it? And, and why should people reach out to you? Thanks, Brian. I had a great time. Uh, Prosper is a healthcare management consulting firm. We work with insurance, managed care providers, supply chain. Um, if you have any operational or strategic issues, please give us a call. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Twitter, Facebook, and www.prospire.com. And what was that again? www.prospire.com. Got it. And if I'm not mistaken, you really serve not only with excellence, but you're, you can help people out because uh, women-owned uh, business, correct? Yeah, we are a women-owned business, uh, small diverse business, uh, national certification, and in uh, multiple states. Okay, because I know that there was a, a kind of a niche of really helping uh, larger organizations comply with those regulations and absolute have excellence in the delivery. So I love that. Chris, I can't thank you enough. Great, great time. Um, let's do it again. Thanks, Brian. Have a good day. You too. Thanks so much.